Hello. Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Glocal Podcast. Brought to you by Kwansei Gakuin University. Tokyo Marunouchi Campus. Our podcast is about people and events from around the world. With your host, Tamago. And Kangaku Taro. Okay. So you're calling us, you're from Kuwait originally, but you're calling us from Switzerland. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I'm from Kuwait, but I uh, reside part-time uh, in Switzerland. Sorry, my hair, I didn't have time to do go to my coiffeur and do my, uh, you know, mountain look. We're, <laughs> we're, we're only going to publish the audio, so no worries. <laughs> sure, sure. Excellent, excellent. Yes, I, I mean, I, I've been coming to Switzerland for 30 years. And, um, and you know, it's, it's part of, um, it has a small, small piece in my heart. Uh, you know, I've been coming to Switzerland for, for many years, and uh, I resided here in uh, the, from the 90s. And, uh, but now with all life uh, business and moving around, so uh, it's becoming less and less that I come here. But I always manage to at least spend uh, uh, six weeks out of the year here in, in Switzerland. Nice. Okay, so uh, we looked at uh, essentially you're famous because you're the first Arab to Arab man to climb Mount Everest. Uh, I don't think um, I can use the word famous because it's um, it's never it never meant anything to me. You know, I'm all, I always had the pleasure in climbing, and I was willing to climb under false name. Even I, yes, I, because I, I love mountains and I wanted to do at the time to, to climb at, at any cost. But it was, uh, you know, it got lots of attention as, you know, Everest always attracted attention and always attracted the media and always attracted because it's the highest. And then um, I, um, I think I'm lucky I was at the right time at, uh, you know, um, I don't know, maybe now was becoming trendy, but, uh, you know, when I started 25 years ago, almost uh, people were not, you know, even when I told people I want to climb, they always took it lightly or they made jokes. But it's understandable when, anyone's, uh, when anyone suggests anything. But it wasn't my just, you know, I wanted to climb Everest. Everest came as a gradual, you know, I've been doing lots of mountains and lots of... Uh, you know, hiking and climbing and trekking and uh, and slowly, slowly, it's just uh, you know the the prize became bigger and bigger and uh, and that's how uh, you know I'm I'm fortunate that I uh, you know uh, became the first Arab to climb the mountain and uh, sometimes I feel embarrassed even to when people ask me, "Are you?" because they they might think that you need to look like a giant or you need to look like a, like a, you know muscle man or like a, but you know i'm fortunate and lucky certainly so zed you're giving me like uh, seven different questions now to ask you especially the last part the idea of like a mountain climber should look a certain way so maybe you can tell us what is your secret sauce uh so uh everest is almost nine thousand meters high Yes. Obviously, you started with a smaller mountain, uh, so I, I want to know like maybe how old you were when you climbed your first mountain of record, and uh, how did you train, and like what is the secret sauce? If it's not the 
looking like Superman, uh, what is it that you think uh, is your secret sauce or, or, or for anyone to be able to succeed in mountain climbing? Uh, I, I think it's, I started when I went to study in university in, in, in the States. And uh, while I was there, you know, you are a foreign student, so you always have need the time to, you have lots of free time on your hand, mm -hmm. as it was with the holidays, Thanksgiving, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Easter, uh, um, the summertime, and Kuwait was a bit of a distance, and maybe you can go in the summer. But for me, I seized the opportunity when I was studying to travel to uh, to discover all these beautiful places that America got to offer, you know, the, the, the White Mountains or the Colorados or the Poconos and all these hikes or the Smoky Mountains. But I'm, I always been attracted to nature. Uh, and I've always been fascinated by new places and by traveling and by history of travelers and discoverers and explorers. I mean, little, it's little pieces like a jigsaw you put together and then you, you, you find out that you need, you, you have this lust, I call it lust for, for new places and for traveling and for nature and for languages and for religions and for, you know, it's just this huge. But I found to fulfill all of these things by discovering the new places, by climbing or by trekking into, into these places. And then uh, uh, obviously it takes a lot to climb a mountain. You need to still be healthy. You need to train. You need the state of mind. You need to be, you don't need to be maybe Batman, but you need to be at least like Robin, you know? So, uh, <laughs> okay. so, so you need to, you need to have some, some physical endurance and physical strength in order to, to achieve like any other sports is, is you just I think if you put if you are dedicated imagine somebody fit I saw lots of climbers or people friends who who go with me they were fitter than me and they just lost it in their head or the, in their mind they gave up they lost the motivation they lost I have very good friend of mine who was a very accomplished climber uh, but she turned around that maybe like uh, 200 meters from the summit or 150. And she said, I've just, you know, my mind blocked. I cannot move anymore. Which so I know she, it was on Everest, but on a different expedition. Wow. But also I climbed with people even in, in smaller mountains, you know, and I mean, many I really cannot, cannot uh, name, but it's just people there, they lose, they lose it in their mind, you know, the, the, it's tremendous stress and effect on your mind and your body. And you always ask yourself the same question. Why? Why? Halfway through, why you have to live through this misery? Why you have to live enduring this weather in, in minus 10, 20, 30, 40, 60, it reaches 100 with wind chill, with all this, you know, uncomfortable. Your dream is to walk barefoot. My dream is just to walk barefoot. I don't want to wear shoes anymore or, or boots. You know, imagine for two months you're wearing all these heavy boots and gear. Yeah. You want to be liberated. So it's, it's fighting between your mind and your body and, and, and then, you know, your strength. And this is how it can become fruitful when you reach the summit. 
It's, there is like a drug that I've tasted when I reached because I, I overcome my own self. I, I, Everest that's inside me is not a mountain, I always say. So I overcome my own self at the end. And that's what, you know, that's the love about mountains. Just you conquer yourself, you don't conquer a mountain. Yeah, so it's, sorry, it's, it's physical fitness, it's emotional fitness, it's mental fitness. Yes, 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 certainly, certainly. And also it costs a lot, so you need to... Yeah. to how, how much does it cost uh, on average, let's say? Uh, it varies. I mean, you can always, uh, I think you, you cannot get it less than maybe $50,000, $60,000. But some wow. people I know, they were paying, I know one person, he paid more than $200,000 because he wanted supplies of, of, uh, of oxygen. He wanted supplies of extra porters. He wanted supplies of uh, comfortable tents and beds and yep. you know so it's uh, it varies but but i think the minimum you can maybe 40 50000 you know and this is for uh, everest right not for any for uh, yeah for everest only that drugs and it's justifiable really you know when and the money goes into uh, how many porters and how many sherpas and backed into the everest uh, because Everest into a national park, as you know, so all the money it it pays for maintaining this big, you know, national park. Okay, this is super interesting now because climbing Everest is is a team sport, right? A team effort. Uh, well, it it can be, but uh, talking about, uh, of course, you need your team, but it's you climb alone. You know, you, you maybe you need more emotional support, but lots of people climbed it solo. Mesner was solo climber. Okay. Uh, there is famous Japanese climber Yumera was one of the most famous in the world. You know, he he climbed. Uh, he was more into the uh, Arctic or Antarctic or like uh, McKinley. All these mountains he climbed solo, and he disappeared mm -hmm. on Mount Denali, uh, maybe um, in the mid '80s, and he was solo climber. It can be done solo, but he always. For two months to be alone is like, you know, this is really tough. So sometimes you admire certain individuals who've done these mountains on their own, you know, and without without support or without, you know, just solo climbers. It's, it's called alpine style climbing, you know, when, when individuals climb it on their own without any support. Of, but obviously I, I love people and I love to be around, surrounded by other climbers and uh, guides. And I made lots of friends during uh, the years uh, from mountain climbing and, uh, and uh, delighted really. So you said um, while you're, you were climbing the mountain, your mental are a little bit um, nervous, I think. And then still the reason why you keep like climbing the mountain is because yes. you want to explore the new place yes so you're like curious like the emotion that you have interested in is much bigger than the fear yes you you brought it exactly on the spot I have curiosity and I'm always curious about new places and I try not to read much because I want to see everything on my own at first time, you know, so it's, it's uh, curiosity. It's really what, what, 
what pushes me as well. I think, as I, as I said, curiosity and overcoming my own fears of, of mountains and to, to achieve it yourself. And, and you said it right, you know, it's uh, curious to see new places. And I don't want to be like the normal tourist anymore to go see, uh, you know, uh, places and just take photos next to certain monuments, you know, so, or certain things. You just want to see it, you know, on your foot and, and putting some effort into, into, uh, into it. So, so you got it exactly on the spot that um, I have curiosity and part of it that pushed me toward, uh, you know, climbing mountains. So connected to, to that question, can you give us an example of um, a discovery that you made while climbing the mountain that this curiosity uh, led you to? On any I think mountain? To, on any mountain, you know, how to push yourself, I think. You know, I, you want to see, let's say... Um, uh, you re- even I read lots of books about climbing Everest, mm-hmm. and when I climbed it, it was totally different than what the books said, because it always uh, expressed the person's feeling and experience. So their part of their experience is is uh, you know part of it is not as physically and mentally and and he might show a certain. A crevasse or a certain uh, gorge or a certain uh, uh, gully or a certain uh, uh, pitons in, in a different way than I've than I, what I what I experienced. So I always discover, you know, myself. Can I make it? This is the first thing, you know. First of all, you live in fear before any climbing any mountain. You at least try to look at some photos and you read about the technical difficulties and and the, and the whole thing. You ask, can I make it? Would, would do I have what it takes? Do I have the strength? Do I have the stamina? Do I have the the mental you know blockness? You block yourself from all these invaders, attackers in your mind that tell you you cannot. And then what it would be like, you know, how the country would be like. Let's say you go to South America, you know, it's totally different mountain climbing than when you do it in, in, in Nepal or you do it in Pakistan or in Russia or all these communities and all these mountains. It's just a different colorful, you know, different color, different, different atmosphere. And then you go and you, you, you live in this uh, bubble, I call it, of, of uh, climbing, you, you know, like a kid in a, in a candy store or in a toy store or, in, you know, you, you, you see the new things, then you bring all these experiences that you had and you put it into your climbing uh, uh, mountains, you know, and then the, the thing with climbing, have you done parachute jumping? Yes. When, when you've done parachute, you see that the 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 fun or the thrill in this 10 minutes or two minutes or five minutes you see how when you just jump off the airplane and you go down and before you open your shoot this this thrill this uh, adrenaline that goes into your mind and back of your neck you see with mountains it's like this but for like three weeks yeah (laughs) or like for a month it's the same thrill the minute you walk in you step a foot on a mountain till you leave and you live in this hype and you live in this euphoria 
and you live in this thing after the mountain, like for a month, you just, you know, yeah. uh, let's say uh, the hangover. The first time I did the skydiving, I was amazed at how how uh, peaceful I felt afterwards. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. It's your bungee jumping, or or let's say when you do, uh, let's say maybe uh, skydiving is maybe not not many people do. Let's say ra- rafting. You know when you raft and you come over this you know currents and waves and trying to battle the this this the like like the four four five minutes a thrill it's the same with mountains but it takes you longer uh, so Zed I'm, I'm curious do you have one episode that you can share with us that is particularly uh, memorable for you that that had a big impact on you I mean all mountains have a great impact but certainly the when I uh, you know I nearly died on the on Everest uh, Uh, in 2001, I had lots of sponsors at the time. It was the first Arab attempt on, on uh, Everest, you know, I mean, first Arab attempt to climb Everest. So I went with a French team. Uh, I think the experience taught me a lot because halfway through, I became sick and, and um, you know, with cerebral edema and I lost consciousness. And I was just before uh, reaching crampon points, which is the, the, if I think I passed it, it would have been very difficult to save me. But I was at advanced base camp. And this is a blessing for me, really. It's meant to be. I was chosen to, to climb Everest, I think, you know. And, and because if I was just like 50 meters or 100 meters from where I was picked up, it would have been impossible. I would have been a dead body on Everest, for wow. sure. So uh, just reach advanced base camp and, and before crampon points on the North Pole, I lost consciousness. And then, um, and then one of the guides came in and he saw me almost like, uh, like a dead person. And I was uh, lifted, uh, carried for like, uh, took, they took them 12 Sherpas, I think. It took them one day to reach base camp. Imagine I've been carried with all these rocks and mountains and then uh, going back to base camp and then flew by helicopter from the Chinese-Nepalese border and arriving two, three, four days. I cannot remember because I cannot really, I was unconscious most of the time. That's and imagine, imagine you open your eyes with, with lights in your, in your head from the, you know, the hospital. And then I think to myself, um, was Everest a dream? And, or this is, I've been asleep and I just woke up. Right. Or, am, or am I at Everest uh, a dream? Of this, and this <laughs> is a dream. You know, it was this confusion, emotions crossing each other. I just went crazy, you know? And, And how then long did I that saw, last? It lasted until I saw a friend of mine, Martin Larocque, a French climber who walked in the hospital. And I say, wow, what she's, she's living in Dubai. What's, what's her story? What is she doing what's here? This? Yeah. And then they, because uh, I put next of Ken, I climbed with the French expedition at the French embassy. I put, she was the next of uh, Ken. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, called her and she flew straight away. 
and I was still in hospital. Imagine, so the amount was three, four days. So she, and I said, what she's doing? You know, I'm, I was really confused, totally. I cannot, you know, I said, I couldn't figure out because when I became sick, I didn't know I was sick. Right. And I lost consciousness before I even know what happened, you know. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah, so she came and she says, Eddie, I'm glad you are alive. And, you know, Taro, I still think it's, it was a dream. Mm. You know, it took me like a while to realize this is real. And then she started uh, explaining and telling me what happened. And I was in denial for like two, three days and saying, why me? And oh. then I went to the, I say, why me? What happened? I was in good shape. And oh. the, then they shift me from the hospital to the clinic where I met with the two doctors. Oh. One was American, one was uh, Nepalese. And they were specialized in mountain sickness and mountain, you know, AMS, altitude mountain sickness researchers. And they were studying the case and they couldn't figure out how come I never had any symptoms before. Mm. And then while they talk and uh, the doctor said, uh, hey, you know, what brought you from the desert? What brought you from, you know, stay with the camels, enjoy the sunny weather. <laughs> I mean, it was really unmotivating what he said. But uh, what did you I, tell said, him? I said, no, I will crawl. I will climb it even if I have to crawl to the summit. Good for you. I will oh. climb. And then, uh, uh, and I climbed two years after. Taro, when I climbed after the, I came, the first thing I've done, I never even called anyone. I went directly to the doctor at the hospital. Imagine I came from base, from the mountain to base camp, to crossing the border after like uh, 24 hours. And all the climbers want to go to their hotels. I said, no, I want to go to the doctor who told me I better stick to the camels. Exactly. You know? And, and he was when there. He's, he was there. He said, Zedi, I heard before you came, yeah. I heard on the news that you summited and I'm happy for you. Yeah. I said, I, I mean, uh, but he, he gave me the good words and, and uh, but that was motivating for me as well, what he said, you know, maybe part of it, uh, I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, it's mountains in my blood. And, and uh, as I said, you, you, I want to conquer myself before I conquer any summit. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, maybe there's a bigger story there about how people make assumptions about others and uh, maybe discriminates, uh, discriminate against others. Uh, I think not discriminate, Taro, is more of a stereotyping, you yeah. know, than, yeah. than discriminate because uh, he, he gave it, but, it's, uh, but it opened the doors for all people from the Mid Middle East to start climbing. And I always, when I always lecture or go to schools and universities and I always say if I can make it you can make it I'm not uh, I don't have a special you know uh, tool or anything it's just you have to be dedicated and you have to be you know motivated and you have to want to do it yeah that you that your story is totally related your favorite quote can I lead this yeah sure sure yeah. Push yourself beyond what you believe your limit is. That's totally, I agree, and I really like it. So please tell us about your this favorite quote. 
yeah, I uh, mean, when uh, it came up to you? I mean, um, because you always think that, you know, when, when you climb Tamag, when, when you meet with other uh, climbers, you, you hear things and you hear advices. And before I climbed on the summit push, on the summit push, I was with an Australian uh, guide. I had Russell Price also, he was one of the most famous uh, guides. Also, he's well known in Japan. Russell, he climbed with many Japanese uh, expeditions he led. And he had uh, Mark Feto, a, a cameraman and a climber. And before I left, he whispered in my ear, literally, he says, Zeddy, you can always take one more step. You can always take. So the minute you reach where you cannot, you can always. It happened to me on a mountain in South America, Concagua. Uh, I climbed Antarctica and it was a one month expedition. I was really tired and I tried to climb Concagua twice before and I couldn't make it due to weather and due to, you know, it is very extreme windy conditions at the time. So I said, while I'm in South America, let me give it a shot one more time. Uh, there were eight climbers and they were purely French. It takes 20 days to climb it. So uh, I climbed uh, and fortunately the weather was, fortunately the weather was good. Now is the physical strength what I need because I've been exhausted. Mm. I've been climbing for almost six weeks and uh, on my summit push, I always remember what he told me. You can always put one, you can always take one more step. And I took one and I said, this is finished. And then in my mind, one more step. And I crawled. I crawled to the summit, to the last maybe 10 meters. You know, it's up and then it becomes a bit flat. And I crawled like a baby to reach that summit. I remember what I told the doctor in Nepal, I would, if I would crawl if I have to. And I remember what the guy told me, you can always take one more step. And I took one more step until there was no steps anymore. So I have to crawl like a, like a baby. But the joy, the joy yeah. when reaching a mountain is, you know, it's, this is, you, you cannot describe. You cannot, I think it's impossible for anyone to, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, winning the Olympics, uh, the, the winning the, the uh, medal, winning something. You know, it's just coming to life. Mm. I always, it's in my blood now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so moving. Sorry, yeah. No, no it's a good it story, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I rather even have now sunny places in my blood, you know, and, and islands and, and Maldives and, 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 and Bora Bora. I wish I had Bora Bora <laughs> in my blood now. Yes. Um, I thought that you had many precious experiences. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's just, um, I'm... Uh, I'm a human being, you know, I think human, if they are dedicated or they put in mind, they want to do something and for the right causes as well. The right causes, not a cause of, of uh, you know, people think fame or making money or whatever. Few, few have the right cause. You can always achieve everything you want to do or accomplish in your life. You know, you must have the right causes and the right motives and you can do it. 
you can do it. You know, I, I have a great respect for Japanese climbers. I, I met quite a lot. You know, you come from a nation that is well known for for uh, climbing and, uh, and and first ascents and solo climbers and and. Uh, I have a great respect for them and, and, and they move, you know, like, like teams. I met quite a lot in different mountains and I made very good friends. And, and then, you know, also I have admiration for uh, Junko Tapi or for Yumeira or for uh, Kunji Kundu. I mean, I have lots of, you know, a lot of people that, that, you know, you, you, you feel, so small next to them or what they have achieved you know and uh, i have a great admiration for them and i have a great admiration for japan and uh, i had the chance to visit this beautiful country and i hope i can visit it you know one more or many many more except after corona corona nightmare disappears you know yeah we'll take you out for coffee uh, next time you're in japan at least certainly <laughs> certainly 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 so Speaking for uh, about your respect for Japanese climbers, is there anything uh, uh, maybe ex- uh, different about them uh, as climbers that you can tell us about? They uh, uh, they very neat, and the food they bring their food from from Japan. Most of them, what I've seen, all food is imported, all the packaging, all the uh, you know, uh, and they they prop, you know, they they everything is, has to be than like in Japan, I'm sure you, you know, uh, you know them more than me, but on mountains, they, and they're not loud, you know, I mean, you know, certain uh, 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 expeditions, you know, tend to, you don't want to stereotype, I shouldn't say, but, you know, I mean, I always, because I like Japanese food, so I always sneak to there, you know, try to make friends with them in order to, to get some some freebies of of of, uh, of some uh, sushi, not sushi right. rolls, the sushi, uh, all right. the food, everything, everything, yeah. and then also uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, the, as I said, they've been very big on Manaslu. It's almost they call it the, uh, the Japan Japanese mountain is the fifth highest highest in the world because they were the first. Uh, people to climb it from, from an 8,000 meter perspective, mountains over 26,000 feet. So Japan had the chance to be the first country to reach that summit, Manaslu, and uh, it's, it's, it's their mountain, you know, so it's, uh, but also they've done lots of uh, different mountains around the world as well, you know, so as I said, they very, I have a great admiration for, for Japanese the climbers and Japanese expedition and the way they come and the way they leave, you know, it's everything prop and everything is done to, to the highest standard possible, you know. How do you usually choose the mountain that you climb? How do I choose? Yeah, so there are tons of tons of mountains. Uh, yeah, yes. they, choose, they choose me. Is not how I choose. You know, it's it's um, it comes. You know, sometimes it, because I, I always like to uh, to travel, and then you get drawn by certain places. Let's say I went to uh, was went to New Caledonia, which is in 
you know, New Caledonia, Nouvelle Caledonia, it's, it's an island in opposite Australia. And then it's, uh, it's about uh, they want to get their independence and they want to get their, uh, their uh, from France. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was hearing the news and I was, so then it just clicked in my mind, you know, so, so start to searching about what tracks they have, what mountains they have, what, so it's always like this, you, you, you attracted to a place and then you get uh, attracted by the nature, what they offer. But also mountains, you said there are tons, but there are famous mountains and achievable mountains and you need to climb a mountain where you have you know, you can, they can provide you with services, you know, or accessible mountains, you know, beautiful mountains in Pakistan, for example, or Kazakhstan, uh, or Northern India, but they're very difficult to reach. And the logistics, it's like a nightmare. So you always uh, want to go to mountains where you can, I mean, for our, for us, we, we consider ourselves like, like tourist mountain, you know, tourist climbers. So we need to have a great access and great facilities to these mountains, you know, especially, you know, now as well. So it's, uh, so it's, uh, as you said, lots of mountains around the world and I'm not finished yet. I'm always searching for, and even now my, my dream and appetite become bigger because we are, we cannot travel like before. Corona just restricted us. So, so uh, you know, so many mountains I describe is like somebody hungry and entering a, a restaurant buffet. He wants to eat everything, you know, he wants to order, you know. So it's, this is exactly the, you know, it's, um, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, you cannot control now. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't want to lose it when I go everywhere. But as I said, you know, whenever I have time and you know that I have a, family and I have work so I need to manage between all these places and my you know uh, my my work life and my family life and question uh, do you think the pandemic has been good for the mountains the same way certainly. it's been good for nature certainly certainly it uh, it's been good but I hope you know uh, the land can uh, um, regenerate itself mm. you know the land or nature can regenerate itself you can give it a chance to to you know get back to what it used to be it would be very difficult now you know because the damage has been done as i said with the global warming with the mm. with the what what human left with this all i read samia's uh, uh, samia's episode you know with yeah. all this plastic uh, waste that we have and then this affecting uh, world but I think you know human being it's they if they don't set laws and regulations you know pandemic is good temporary but this you know what they will do now might even destroy it worse than what it was you know because people want to get out now so the traveling industry, they predict it will jump like, you know, three folds after this over, you know, because people want to travel. But I think if they need to set new regulations and tougher, they take tougher stance on all these polluters or all, all uh, 
uh, all laws, as I said, with the same thing with, with the, the reduce the carbon footprint in the world and, and, the, and you know, it should be, it, we can really have a chance, but if by the rate we are doing, it's no chance at all. You know, all glaciers are disappearing and around the world, many, not all, many disappearing. Uh, you know, I there is one glacier next to uh, maybe 45 minutes from my home here. It's called La Busson that I've been going for in the Chamonix Valley. I've been going for 30 years to the same place. And, you know, it's getting smaller and smaller. Smaller, it will disappear, not like in, in my lifetime, probably. The same thing in Kilimanjaro, you know, the, the glacier, the Kibu glacier is disappearing. You know, I went again 25 years ago and I went two months ago. It's, it's almost gone, you know. So all of this because of the human effect on uh, human effect on uh, nature, environment, yes. So we just need to have a, a new setting, so a set of rules and regulations and tougher stance. And then, you know, climbers are, are, are uh, as I said, I should say clean people because they always, they, you know, we always, you know, try to, to protect the environment because yeah. we, we do it, you know, this is our, our, our uh, we learn from it. So we always try to protect it. You know, so you are afraid from these tourist climbers who go in and, and they, they leave all this waste behind, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's uh, an effort we need to put in, you know. Um, I really inspired from your challenge. Thank um, you. What makes you motivated? Ah, what made me motivated? Uh, as I said in the beginning, I always uh, try to over... Uh, come myself you I want to see if I can do it you know I've done uh, uh, beside climbing I've done uh, one time I've done marathon disabled you know it's it's uh, it's a marathon in the desert in, in the in Morocco it's 200 on and on the sand it's called marathon disabled it's one of the most famous marathons in the world you cross the, the Sahara Desert over a period of six days, carrying your own food and, uh, and uh, nothing. And you have your own uh, boost, your own, uh, uh, your own map and your own campus. Oh, and, you need, and then you need to cross the desert within a time frame. They have six stages. And some stages are like 95 kilometer, one stage is 40, one stage. And, you know, it's, it's in the desert, it's hot, it's sand, and you need to do it. And it's been playing in my mind for many years. Uh, and I did join, it was one of the first people from the Gulf to do with me, with a with couple of guys. And for me, the whole idea, can I do it? Because I'm not a runner. I don't run. How would I run and in the desert carrying my own food and, and gear? You know, but you know what? I worked on it. I psyched up myself. I've been exercising. And at the end, I really, sorry, uh, I, I managed to do it. And the thrill that I have after achieving, completing that race, 
it was almost equal to, to summiting Everest. So the whole idea is to overcome my own self, is to conquer my own self, to uh, exceed your expectation, to surpass your own limit. This is my Everest. Every time I, I surpass my own limit is, is I'm reaching Everest over and over again. Sorry. So this mindset and these practices can really apply to anything in your life, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. To 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 uh, achieve it. To uh, yeah. and you know, I have. I'm working on a deal now in Switzerland. Probably tomorrow. That uh, been, you know, been like uh, three months uh, uh, on my business side, and then it's it's really been difficult. You know, it's been like uh, you know. I said that we'll do it as like cesarean, you know, like giving birth. You know, for a woman. You know, even we need if we do it by cesarean section, we just need. So then. If you are a man and you don't do cesarean, what you will do? So I said, you know, I, I'm psyching, you know, I try to psych up myself even for this, for this deal. We have been, you know, trying to overcome all obstacles. We had lots of obstacles in the deal, especially during this corona and, and all of the, you know, um, set in, around the world, you know, the problems that corona caused. And, and I... I you know, sit and I saw, I sat with the, with the lawyers and the accountants and I said, guys, you make it difficult for me. Why? I, you know, I, I climb, you know, I, I'm a climber. I can make it. You climb. I said, we know that, but you know, you can do it what you cannot do it, you know? So it's, you psych up yourself, even in, in, in your, in your work, in your, in your life. Nothing is difficult if you put your mind to it. Nothing is difficult if you put your mind to it, you know. Uh, but also, you need to uh, know the circumstances and you need to be rational and realistic. You cannot tell me you want to jump from a 20-floor building down and you, you, you can survive because your mindset tells you you can. No, there are things beyond, you know, human capability. You cannot go sit in a tiger with a tiger in a cage and you say, you know, my mindset can save me. No, you have to be realistic and know your limits oh. and know your limits so you can surpass them a little bit more in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So speaking of achievements, what's your next goal that you want to achieve? This is this is a this is a question from one of our students, by the way. I mean, uh, the uh, you know the sky is the limit. I wanna climb mountains. I wanna uh, travel. I want to. I don't have yet a mountain in, in mind for now. You know, I still want to climb Manaslu, uh, but my wife and kids pushing me not to Manaslu. It's also a special. Uh, mountain for me, as I said, Japanese expedition were the first, and I tried to climb it uh, four or five years ago, and but it didn't work out. Also, I have a friend of mine who climbed with me Everest. Her name Susan Fear. She died on that mountain. Uh, she fell in a crevasse, uh, almost maybe like 200 meters. You know, it was impossible to. And uh, Susan and I, we had. Uh, uh, a special relation on the mountain, you know, she wrote a book and uh, um, we didn't click, you know, we, in the beginning, we didn't, 
really have uh, that you know the charisma both charismas are different also she was uh, an individualist person you know and she's well accomplished australian climber and she wrote a book and um, the book about our climb on everest and she criticized uh, me in the book quite a lot you know um, and then when I called her or I called, you know, because I, she said, Zedi, I just want to make it gossip. I want to have, a, you know, a kiss and tell book in order to sell Sales. the book, you know, because, because it made sense, but it was all fabricated. Not, I mean, I shouldn't say fabricated, but it's... Uh, exaggerated? So I get, exa- not exaggerated. You were, they were untrue, a lot of, a lot of most of... Um, but not fabricated. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, the right um, word. <laughs> yeah, when she said this guy coming from, you know, uh, a Kuwaiti living in Switzerland, you know, smoking cigars on the mountain and he his hair is dyed blonde and he brought cases. I mean, true, but uh, and I have, you know, cases of, of, of food, drinks, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, for like almost everyone you know like but that's the way i climb i normally ship lots of uh, lots of uh, goodies to the to the whole camp you know and then she said he tried to buy his way on the mountain you know i mean all of these things wow. and uh, and then i spoke to her and i me i mean uh, I, I, he abused all the people around i mean totally and i spoke to the leaders i she, they said no one you know, in life, treated people the way you treat, you know, Sherpas. She maybe, but she, when I ask her, I say, Susan, she said, oh, is it, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's like we try to, you know, she need to sell a book, make a story, you know, so the whole book, Zedi done this, Zedi done that. So anyway, we had, uh, we made up, we, we uh, and then sadly, after, after, uh, the, she said, I'm going to Manaslu. This was one year and a half. After, I mean, it was like two months after she wrote the book. She, uh, she fell in a crevasse and she died. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, like follow in the footstep of climbing the mountain. You know, it's like in respect of what she had done. She never reached the summit, but it's, it's, uh, I wanted to to go and climb the mountain, still on my mind, and I think maybe I'll give it a year or two two years, and hopefully I can uh, do it, and it will be my eighth, my third uh, mountain over twenty six thousand feet, you know, the eight thousanders. So I hope so. You know, I mean, we can only dream now. For now, we dream. Good. Yes. All right. Ladies, any other questions? Oh, so when you were a student, did you imagine your great adventure life like that? <laughs> and uh, what not, kind of student you were? Tamago, <laughs> uh, not really. I didn't, uh, 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 I never thought that I would, uh, you know, achieve or accomplish what I have done. Also, I don't think it's really, you know, for me, it's not a compliment, a compliment, a compliment, uh, accomplishment. 
Yeah, it's, I, I, I always feel lucky and I feel, you know, I'm, I'm the same person before and after. I didn't think so, no, but I was a very good student. I went to Stockton University. I was, uh, you know, always, uh, uh, you know, I made the dean's list maybe three, four times. Uh, you know, I graduated with three-point uh, average GPA, which is quite, you know, uh, uh, be a student and I always, you know, because I loved school, I loved studying, I loved researching and, you know, I loved this life and I always want to be student all my, and we're still students, but without uh, professors now, we, we have to, so I never thought, really, I never thought that I would, uh, uh, because I, I really enjoy life as well, you know, I enjoy, you know, um, Joy, you know, but uh, uh, relaxing, and we always like the, you know, the uh, uh, luxury that life offers. But then, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, if you have the spark in your eye, and you have this thing in the itch, you know, in 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 your in yourself, you have that itch that you want to see the world. You can see it at a different, uh, different, different ways. Whether it's climbing or whether it's sailing, sailing. I want to do sailing as well. Uh, yeah, would be you know. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, why not? You know, mm -hmm. I've done, but to do sailing in a way where you wanna, you know, like the um, the famous sails, the Sydney uh, Hobart or or the Volvo Ocean Race and. And these people, how they cross the ocean with this small boat, this is an accomplishment. This is an achievement. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's everything, as I said, thrill seeker, maybe. I don't know. We just need to seek all these thrills. Yeah. And always yeah. you're beyond your limit. Yeah. That always push myself. Yeah. 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 Until time comes, you know. Yeah. What a great life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, you made it you we we are the we are the we choose our own destiny you are the captain of your own ship true you, true. you are the captain you are the master of your own soul yeah you know you the one who decide which way that we only find excuses we do not find the human being they always find excuse rather than searching for motivations so if you if you if you if you if you uh, look what motivates you and try to eliminate all these excuses, that's why I said in the beginning, all these climbers they find different ways to not reach the summit. Oh, I you know one of my I forgot to tell you, at one of the climbs I cannot remember which I was I said I wish I can break my leg halfway through. Oof. You know why? Because I got, I want to finish the climb. So I want something, a cause that made me return without me giving up. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't give up. But the conditions were very bad, you know, and then miserable and, um, you know, blisters and cracked lips and, uh, you know, uh, skin, skin is peeling. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, frost nip fingers and toes and, but I didn't stop, and I said I wish because how would I live my with myself returning around? I will never turn around. Mm. 
I know now why lots of people die on Everest because they don't turn around. They don't know their limits because they cannot live with themselves. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to these people. So I said, if I break my leg, at least they can rescue me. They know I have a good excuse to turn around. But I couldn't break my, <laughs> my own leg. So that's, you know, that's, as I said, searching for the motivation rather than finding some excuse, you yeah. know, excuses, you know. Yeah. That's why. Look, we all have dreams. We all, but I think go look for yourself. You don't need to climb Everest. You don't need to across the desert. You don't need to, you know, swim across the English Channel. You know, it's it's the achievement can be, you know, your class, your finishing your your university, or starting. This a would be, yeah, starting company, finish your studies, chase and and protect the environments during these things. You know, because as I said, we live in it, and I have a great respect for Japan. Honestly, I'm very honored and thrilled that you you have contacted me. Uh, I have a great admiration for for Japan and the Japanese people. I mean, uh, I always read, I always, uh, you know, watch movies relating to Japan. I mean, I've been fascinated by this country and I went during Sakura season a few years ago and, uh, you know, I've done many interviews and they all, you know, I've been to over 100 countries, maybe 100 20, 130 or something. And every time, most of, uh, you know, magazines or, or, or television or interviews, they ask me, you know, out of the 120 uh, countries you visited, which one stands out? And I always mention two. I always say Japan and Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tunisia and Japan. I said, these two countries are stuck in my mind and I can't get enough. Okay. You know, whether it's the people, the nature, the everything about this country. So you have to appreciate where you come from more than anyone else. You are lucky people, honestly. Well, I think I speak for everyone uh, when I say that we are honored that, uh, that you accepted our invitation. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Global with your host, Tamago and Kangaku Taro. See you next time. Bye bye.